I've got some verses to read. And this is out of Numbers. We're going to be in 1 John mainly, but I got a verse in, in Numbers. Numbers 33, 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. That's just a verse that we're going to be diving back and forth and maybe bringing that verse up again. But uh, 1 John 1, chapter 4. And just before we get started, just a little prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this evening thanking you for this opportunity to be in your house tonight. We thank you for Zach and Everest, Zach, mm-hmm. Spencer and Everest leading worship. We do pray for their brother Zach and mom and dad in, in uh, Denver. And... Uh, Karis, who I think is watching the Carrie kids. So, Heavenly Father, we lift up this family to you and just pray your blessing on them. And, uh, Father, we just want to acknowledge you tonight, um, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Mighty Counselor, Heavenly Father, Healer, Great Physician, um, just majesty on high, you are our Lord and Savior and Father and and Spirit, the, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who we just ask that you would just uh, fill this place tonight, fill all of us, Heavenly Father, with your Spirit, and we confess that we are all and especially me, just a bunch of sinners saved by grace and a family that uh, you have put together. And we thank you that we are here and uh, that you are here. Is, is, we're more thankful for that. And that um, you will just have your will, Heavenly Father, and in, in what's said here this evening and uh, because it's your word that we're going to look into. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, you're, you you say you're going to do something like a Bible study or something and you read and you figure it all out and you got it down pat and you get up here and your head just like, it's just like a, a beehive. You just want to, all this stuff... And then you can't even see it if you don't put your glasses on. <laughs> so let's do that first. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So when I read that first verse and trying to put something together and tying it to the those verses in numbers test the spirits. So we're we're not as Christians today. We're not called to to uh, rid anybody, rid the land of any inhabitants. But when I think of that verse, it says, 
But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. So the inhabitants, what we have now and what I have, are not people, but maybe little irritants that uh, after you're saved, you, they, they didn't, uh, you didn't get rid of a, a, a bad habit. Um, and I'll make a confession here. After I was saved, there, the Lord saved me, and some things left. I had a little foul mouth, and he kind of he took that away. But I also had a problem with putting tobacco in my mouth. And I, I quit that for a while, but then I picked it back up. And that's, that's kind of what I think I, I'm going to try to tie this all together is those are the things... Those are irritants in our eyes. Those things that those little sins in our in our life that we haven't completely confessed or gotten rid of and and drag along over the years and and try to say it's okay. But is, can you kind of agree with me a little bit? Maybe that those are the irritants. That's a, that's a thing that that's a thorn in the flesh. And something that harasses us until we until we can get rid of it. And so, when in First John four he says, you know, test the spirits, because every spirit. Well, there's only one Holy Spirit. We know that, right? Who the Comforter who was left behind when Jesus went to be with his Father. But there are other spirits and false prophets who have gone out in the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So there are those spirits of, and he's going to tell us right here in, in the next couple of verses. In 3 it says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So we know that the Antichrist is going to, is going to come um, at, the end of the, at, the, at the rapture, the beginning of the tribulation, but there's the spirit of Antichrist right now in the world. Um, Satan fell. He is a, he's alive and well in this, in this world that we know and live in. And... To me, he can be a real irritant in my eyes. He can get in your eyes. You know how that happens? And you, uh, pretty soon when you get stuff in your eyes, what happens? Your nose starts running. At least it does with me. And then you get a thorn in the side or it's, it's harassing. So the, the, we got we to gotta know that those spirits are not of God. That's because there's only one spirit of God, right? The Holy Spirit, our comforter. And the, the final Antichrist is going to come as a, uh, as a picture of light, and, and, and he's, he's just a, it's just a, I thought Leroy was chiming in there, but he's, he's got a direct line to the Lord and Savior, and he's talking to him right now. He says, John's up here making a fool out of himself, and I'm trying to, anyway. Leroy's a good man. 
Um, so where was I? We're not talking about Leroy. We're talking about the Word of God and the and, and the Antichrist. But we're not talking about Leroy and the anti, is the Antichrist. That's well, Diane might disagree sometimes, but um, not tonight, probably. No. So we just want to we want to remember that those spirits, there are spirits out there that are going to attack us as Christians, and we can't let those them become irritants in our eyes or thorns in our flesh or harass us. Chapter, or verse 4 in chapter 4 says, You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, and he, knows, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's, that's, that's huge, guys. We've got to have that, that spirit of truth in us that, and not quench that spirit so he can discern and show us where, where, where the, the correct spirit is. It's, it's pretty simple. And yet, not always simple. Because... We are still have that old. Uh, we have a we have a choice. We have a choice and, and a and a spirit. When we wake up in the morning, or we can say, to "Who who who are we going to serve? Who am I going to serve today? Choose today whom you will serve." And we have the choice of serving God or not. And not usually means we're going to be selfish. We're going to um, maybe it's not going to go well. And uh, trust me, at at this point in my life, I've I've tried both, and the only way is to serve him and have you know, if you want everything to go well, it's it's the uh, it's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And now we're gonna, he's going to talk to us about just knowing God through love. In verse 7 of chapter 4, Beloved, let us want love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for love, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought, ought to love one another. This is, it's the, you know, love is the key, this love is the glue to this whole book this is the word of god this is this is all about love and uh, discerning right and wrong good and evil and the, at that verse 11 says beloved if god so loved us we also ought to love one another so another little confession and i shared this with a brother this evening um 
if we love God, we also ought to love one another. There's been times in my life that I've said, Jesus loves so-and-so, me not so much. And I don't know if I'm the only one. I, I doubt it, but when I look back, I think, really? Really, John? You, you say you love God, but you, and you say Jesus loves Joe Blow, but you not so much? You, 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 think, you think I like that? You think that's the way I've taught you in, in this word? I don't think so. It's not there. It's a confession that I shared with a, a brother tonight that said, I just said, Lord, forgive me. I can't, I, that, that, that can't be a part of our lives anymore. Or any, you know, my life is for sure. And uh, because when you, when you think about the love and the propitiation, when he says propitiation, it just means a sacrifice that God the Father sent his son to die on that cross for each one of us. That sacrifice was the love that is just, it's that love you can't, we can't even hardly fathom sometimes. And for me to say, Jesus loves him, but me not so much, woo! Um, so I'm going to try to not ever say that again. Seeing God through love, verse 12 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Not that we're perfect, but that perfection, I think, is meaning we mature. And we mature sometimes to the point where we say, I'm not going to say Jesus loves you and me not so much. By this we know that we abide in him and he is in us because he has given us of his spirit. This is a, this is a fantastic promise and a, a gift. When we accepted Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit came into our lives and filled us. And then, as human beings and with a free will, we have the choice of keeping that Holy Spirit filled up to here or quenching that spirit. And the cool thing about that is, is you can, there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but many fillings. So when, when you get to where you say, I need more, I, you can, you know, that you, we all know, we've been there, we've got that feeling I'm not right with the Lord. We got you know, got to do some confessing. That's when First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we let me start over. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's that's the key. That fills us up. We ask the Holy Spirit to come in and just and and fill us. We get. We get overwhelmed by his love and mercy and grace. And, uh, and then so we're full. And so if you, if you keep on going there, you, you're, you're going to stay full. If you stay in the word, 
in prayer and in his will. But as it says here, it says in Numbers, you've got to be careful because you might get something in your eye. That, that something might be a little um, selfishness or sin, something that, because that spirit who, um, and these, and these um, spirit of the Antichrist and, and Satan is, is a roaring lion, and, he, and what he wants to do is just eat you. That's what lions do. They eat people, they eat deer and gazelles or zebras or whatever. But if there's none of those, then they'll eat John and Candy and Rob and Riv and Amy. That's what that's what that's what roaring lions want to do. But we cannot let that that because it said earlier, remember we read Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's that's a truth. That's what we gotta we gotta stand on those truths and those promises of God that says he is greater and uh, we are his and there's nothing that can snatch us from his hand. You know, I I spent a little time this evening with a brother Dennis um and Susie talking, and he his was finishing work, and it was amazing how the Lord put that all together. I was coming from the lumber yard, and as I drove by, he was just getting in his pickup. I swung around, and uh, just wanted to be an encouragement to him. Well, you know Dennis. He, he, he was more of an encouragement to me. You know, he wanted to pray for this night because he knows how I stumble and bumble with uh, getting up here and, and speaking to you folks. And, uh, you know, when I think about the love of a brother and a family, and I thought about a you know hard week with some hard-headed commissioners that can't get along, Dennis's wife is not is Susie's not doing that great. But he's such he's such an encourager. And uh so that's you know, in our in our walk we, we have these these folks that um that just come by and lift us up and they're just a good example of God's love and mercy and grace and uh so I just, you know, as a, as a family, we need to remember Dennis and Susie. Um, so, so Susie had a chemo, about a chemo this today or yesterday and was feeling pretty good. So that's, that's a blessing, but um, we just keep them in prayer. So let's see here. Where are we? What was the last one? 14, if we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world... Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17 is the consummation of love. And for a couple of verses here, love has been perfected among us, 
Oh, this we got to this one already. We're we're this is called a rerun. This is where we backtrack a little, and uh, so we love has been perfected in among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us loved us there is no fear in love verse 18 says Fear, like the song says, is a liar. Um, fear, F-E-A-R. A pastor once said that I heard false evidence appearing real. Um, it's something that as, as Christians that we, we need to, uh, to cast out. It says perfect there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment and uh, that has we have no part of that. He who had who he, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love God whom he has not seen? It's got, this, i got to come back to this, guys, and just say, when I, you know, in times of my life when I've said, Jesus loves him, me not so much, how can I say that? Because the, if, I, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, if I have any animosity, then the love of God cannot be any. I'm a liar, and I don't want to be a liar. Liars have to remember what they said. I don't have to if I tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And, and just to put drive this home, the Lord says, and this commandment we have from him, that he, this is a commandment, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And, you know, one of the things I love about this church is the, is the love that we have one for another. And I think our, our example is our, our pastor and his family. Um, and then just, just being together, with, whether it's, you know, it, it, Thursday nights, Sunday mornings. And I think that the... Um, Example of that and and the outpouring of that is um, how pastor will say sometimes, yeah they stayed they stayed till two thirty in the afternoon or they stayed till ten o'clock at Thursday night, and uh, I know there's pastors in this country that would just probably die to have that, um, and Candy and I've been involved with churches where, you know. It's like, it's out of here, you know, or, or it, they'll try to get the pastor's eye and then look at their watch or something, and maybe. And, cause it, but this is the fellowship that we have is, uh, is special, I feel. And, uh, you know, this, this was, Calvary Heritage was a perfect church, or 
it was I say that was because then I started coming and then it's not so perfect anymore so Jonathan at the beginning of this he asked me he said do you have a um, a title to this talk and I said well no but I have a uh, I did say I did like was it Jesus and I yeah so a little a little thing here this is a daily devotion that I do and I, a little confession too that my wife does not really care for poems her dad really likes them and he's a he's a pastor but you know she she's not here she's here but she she can't really stop me so this is a poem I read at the end of last year and it, it really struck home so I just want to read it to you guys I it meant a lot to me, and maybe it'll mean a little bit to you guys. Starts out, I cannot do it alone. The waves surge fast and high, and the fogs close all around. The light goes out in the sky, but I know that we too will win in the end, Jesus and I. Cowardly, wayward, and weak, I change with the changing sky. Today so eager and bright, tomorrow too weak to try. But he never gives in, so we too will win, Jesus and I. I could not guide it myself, my boat on life's wild sea. There's one who sits by my side, who pulls and steers with me. And I know that we, too, will safe enter port. You know who? Jesus and I. Mm -hmm. 